coming to you from the FlexFox Fantasy Federation's World Broadcasting Headquarters in Ottawa, this is The Weekly Show. As always, I'm your host, Nick the Man Penner, and I'm joined once again by my two esteemed co-hosts. Please give a warm welcome to Ian Stads, I guess, Stadelman, and handsome Jamil Hussan. How's it going, guys? Doing all right, doing all right, boys. Doing pretty good. Had a fun trade deadline. Yep. Ah, uh, should be a interesting week going forward. Got a lot to talk about in the previous week. Yeah, uh, obviously week three, uh, another big week where we're officially at the midpoint of the regular season now. Uh, got the trade deadline, obviously too. So it's just a, a big time all around. That fast? They eh? already already halfway through. <laughs> I know we're we're really yeah. speed running it this year. Got to decide whether to buy or sell or do both or whatever so quickly. Everyone made lots of good decisions. Uh, indeed, it's a, it's a crunch time, but uh, we'll, we'll get to those decisions in a little bit. First, I think we got to talk about the, the week that was, week three in the book now. Uh, a bunch of really good matchups uh, happened. A, a lot of close ones, a lot of ones that could have gone either way. Uh, but I think what we have to talk about, first and foremost, as the matchup of the week is the uh, the showdown between Ash and Ryan, uh, a.k.a. the the farm team versus the new farm team, uh, so to speak. Uh, it was one that, that obviously uh, had big implications in twice the division. Uh, nobody was really sure uh, whether Ash was legit or not and whether Ryan was going to be rebuilding or not, but uh, it looks like uh, Ash, is, Ash is for real, winning this one 266.3 to 223.9 for Ryan. So uh, Ash moves to 3-0. Ryan stumbles to 0-3. I don't think anyone would have ever predicted that. But guys, how do you feel? And Ash is legit. He put up another pretty big point total, 266, with everything going on. It's pretty great. Big respect. Yeah, I agree. The only thing probably that's stopping him right now is probably some injuries, and luckily he stayed away from that. And with uh, Mr. Neeson here, I don't know. Is this, is this the first time uh, a defending chap will possibly miss the playoffs here? Wait, would this be the first time ever? I don't know. That's what I'm asking. <laughs> that's a, a great question. I, I wish we had Cam Leak historian here. I'm sure he'll be able to tell us in hashtag content uh, tomorrow. But This would be the third time a defending champion missed the playoffs. Cam missed the playoffs in 2014 after winning the title. Asterisk, he took over an expansion team that year. Chow also missed the playoffs in 2017 after winning back-to-back -back titles. Uh, it's definitely a fall for gra from grace, for sure. And if Ryan goes 0-6, that would be quite the thing. Actually, what's what's more likely here, Ryan going 0-6 or Ash going 6-0? Ooh, that's a great question. Ooh. I mean, it, it just hey, feels... You gotta look at the schedule here, I don't know. <laughs> it, it just feels like, no matter what, like it's it's very hard to imagine Ryan being a, an 0-6 team. So uh, just by default, I think Ash going 6-0, but... Uh, I yeah, both outcomes that I would have never thought would be in the realm of possible. They're both insane. Uh, Jamil Ash's schedule is Garth McInnes, Nick, and Graham for the rest um, of the season. Which uh, I don't know, but Nick, I think you're the most uh, hard team to beat of those three. I agree. I agree. Uh, I'll I'll take it. I'll take it. And Ryan is facing Aiden, Graham, and Ben. Um. We'll have to see if Ryan uh, manages to lose to Graham, but the other two, he absolutely could. Yeah, I feel like Graham might be the, the saving grace on that one. One in five, baby. 
Uh, I mean, with those draft picks he's got now, he's he's clearly ready to reload next season. Both teams did about as well as you'd sort of expect. Ash put in the extra work and got nine starts, though. I'm not sure how much of that was just smart streaming, picking up guys, or whether his good pitchers just happened to align for a clutch day again. Yeah, and I mean, I think the the story of the season so far for Ash has been Shane Bieber putting up 26.5 uh, in his his start last week. I mean, this he's just insane right now. He's incredibly hot as a pitcher. Oh yeah, twenty three point seven. How do you put up that many points on average? That's insane. Yeah, I mean, obviously it's a, a small sample size, but it really does seem like he's a, a top pitcher in the game right now. Yeah, for sure. Looking like a heavy candidate for uh, Cy Young here this year. Well, we got a lot of matchups to, to talk about, so uh, we got to keep moving. Uh, and I think we we always like to recognize the top scoring team in the league. Uh, and this this week, it's not even close. We've got one team breaking the three hundred point barrier uh, in a big way because uh, uh, Mike Kaminsky, the Illuminati, putting up three twenty four point four. That's more than enough to get the the win over Newton, who had two thirty five point nine. So almost a hundred point margin on that one, and. Uh, that vaults Kaminsky back into first place in redacted. Newton now in second. Both teams two and one. Uh, guys, is is Kaminsky legit now? Can we can we say it? No, you you can't have one good week. We'll talk about it later with the trade deadline talk. But he definitely made some moves to kind of solidify his seriousness. But I don't know, like three twenty four is it's like it's like huge number. But can he do this on a weekly basis? We'll see. I don't know. That's almost double what he scored last week. Like, actually. <laughs> he was like 180-something, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's ever been doubt that Kaminsky has talent. Uh, we've we've talked about him being streaky in past seasons. Uh, it, it seems like he's had a little bit uh, of that happen this year already, but, I mean, if he's putting up twin totals like this, there, there aren't that many teams that can stop him in this league. Well, like you said, best performing team this last week. Uh, and then on the other side of it, we were talking about Newton, obviously, uh, undefeated coming into this week, uh, takes a loss here, but I mean, he's he's still very much in the, the playoff hunt. He's still in a, a good position in terms of his record heading into the, the back three, so uh, obviously this is a, a loss for him, but I don't think it's fatal by any means. I think he's got a good schedule for the rest of the season, too. Like He's played Mike, who's probably his scariest uh, opponent this year, right? He's got Jeffrey Lim, Flex Fox, and Jeffrey Chow rounding it up. Yeah, like I said last week, I even though he took a dial here, I think Garton Newton's good sleeper to sneak into the playoffs and possibly shock around around and see how far he'll go. But I, I do like his team. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and I mean, it, it could be interesting. Obviously, there's three weeks of the, the season left. Uh, not a lot of room to make trades, but... If the, the team comes to life a little bit, I mean, that could be a, a very interesting potential first-round matchup that involves him. And he was willing to pay at the deadline, so he's clearly got his eyes on the prize here. Mm-hmm. Good attitude to have. Uh, well, let's let's talk about another division leader, since we're uh, keeping that as a theme right now. And we've got uh, Tillo here in a, a matchup against you, Jamil. Uh, it's a, a real showdown, oh. uh, but it is Tillo coming out on top 242.3 to... Uh, 216.2 for you, Jamil. So, uh, Tillo, now 3 and 0. You are 0 and 3. Uh, what's your perspective on this matchup? Oh, man. Like, this was tough. Like, I knew, like, from last week, our last week talk, like, I, I didn't like my chances, but 
man, I, I, I kind of fought him to the end here. And it was close to just, I just could not get quality starts at all this week. And again, like if the roles were reversed, like I see, we'll talk about Chow later, but if I got Chow this week and I got Tilla last week, I, I could possibly be two and one right now. And just the luck's not on my side this year. And I'm 0 3. And, you know, I expected my team to be bad, but I just ran some poor luck this, this year so far. Your team has been doing really, really well, Jamil. Your luck is indeed just terrible. One quality start and still putting up 216 points is pretty darn impressive in my book. This is why I picked you to win last week. Good <laughs> fundamentals, but yeah, and, unfortunate. And, I mean, Tillo obviously had a bit of luck on his side. Uh, Nola in two starts putting up 48.5 points. I mean, that's, that's huge for him. That's the, the difference right there. So uh, it definitely seems like it's a, a closer matchup than maybe some would have anticipated and, and one that could have gone either way. Yeah, I had a huge yeah. uh, Saturday. I think I put up like 60 points and I like my chances with two pitchers going Sunday to his zero and it just, it just fell flat, came on, on Sunday and just ran out of gas here. <laughs> what can you do? I will say, though, you can quote me on this. I'm 0-3, but I, I'm going to go 3-3 three and three to, to finish the season. Okay, there you go. That's a, that's a bold prediction, but getting back to 500 would be pretty impressive. I like my chances. Considering like, who you're facing. Yes, yeah. I know. I know Mr. St- uh, the Stads <laughs> is on my, on my target list, but I like my chances. Yeah, you're, you're going to crush me. You, you've <laughs> scored higher than me every single week, I think. And then it's just RKR and Lim. So yeah, you should be good to go. Oh, if I lose to Lim, I might quit the league. Oh, <laughs> Jeffrey Lim, you have a new target. There you go. Uh, well, let's talk about our, our final division leader here. And it's a, a division lead that changed hands, bounced around a, a little bit. Uh, not what is reflected on ESPN, but according to the official league standings, uh, the new leader of the evil division of evil is Ben Bringing it back, uh, 236.3 was his total, uh, facing off a camp against Cam Christie, who had 162.9. So Ben Wins moves to 2-1, and one, uh, has that all-important point total. That's the difference maker for him right now. Uh, is, is Ben back after this performance? I mean, he's scored about the same as Jamil, which is a pretty good point total still, but it's not like Mike's statement win. Yeah, and this is coming off... Uh... A team that's you know like we've talked and joked about around about the kind of the seriousness he's taken it so far this year. He did message back on Slack if you guys caught that, apologizing for being a bad manager. So there's that, but he's still owning the guy in prison. So not that sorry. Question. Yeah, mark. yeah. <laughs> uh, willing to give lip service to being sorry at least. Uh, I will say it's. Uh, I mean, obviously it's a, a fine point total, but it's not a, a world beater by any means. Uh, and it's sort of like uh, what Ben was complaining about after our week two matchup. His bats are just really inconsistent right now. There are some guys who are, are delivering a little bit, but a lot of guys where there's room for improvement uh, compared to where you'd expect them to be. I think 122 I mean, points from bats is is pretty good. Like, you can't expect that much. Uh, sure, but yeah. I mean, like, uh, Guriel having a, a negative week, J.D. Davis having a negative week. Uh, it's, it's offset, obviously, by Trevor Story going off. Uh, Marcana, but uh, I think on balance, it definitely seems like there's room for upward growth from his bat still. Yeah, with yeah. Christian Yellick kind of go back to uh, his MVP form, he should be solid, and he, he's got uh, Dylan Carl- Carlson, top prospect, finally playing, so 
we'll see how good his bats can really be. Yeah, hopefully he can pull it together. He's got a tough division lead to hold on to. Mm-hmm, for sure. Uh, and, and on the flip side, Cam Christie getting the, those big three starts. So uh, I would say that's potentially a, an area of improvement if he's, he's listening to the, the podcast. Christie, you, you got to get a seven. That's, that's what you really need to do right now, my man. Still the second lowest point total. Uh, it's true. There's, there's certainly room for decline uh, as well. Uh, well, uh, since you mentioned it, let's talk about that, that worst point total because it was the, the Jeffrey showdown, Chow versus Lim, uh, a, a storied rivalry, uh, and the, the latest exciting twist and turn in the saga sees Chow win 196.7 to 147.4. Uh, neither team breaking 200, but Chow getting the all-important W to move to 2-1, and 0-3 for Lim. Uh, so an uh, unfortunate loss for him. Uh, guys, what are our feelings about both these teams? Most unexciting bowl. You called it the Jeffrey Bowl, right? So that was, I don't know, 147, 186 to 147. Doesn't get more exciting than that, does it? Who had more starts? Hint, it was Jeffrey. Yeah, I mean, it... For real, it was Lim. That's what? that's pretty wild. I, I don't think either team should be impressed with their performance, really. I mean, both these guys have not had especially good weeks or seasons. Uh, although, I mean, Chow is 2-1 now, so, so that sure is something. But uh, overall, I, I don't think either of these teams are, are particularly impressive at the moment. Well, one of them's two and one, so they'll be competing for a playoff spot, regardless of how impressive you think they yeah, are. Yeah, and I mean, in in defense of Chow, this was his worst week by a, a fair margin. He he had decent point totals against Jamil and Tillo, so if he can get back to uh, his old form, he might be able to get a, a couple more wins this season yet. I mean, he picked a good week to be cold, so that's true. That. <laughs> Chow has a. Uh, Three prove-it weeks left to go. Mike, Chris, Garth Newton. Is Ooh. he a playoff team? I, I don't think so. I mean, it just seems like there are a, a ton of B-plus teams right now, and if I was trying to pick one of them to, to not make it, uh, he, he would be the one I think is on the outside looking in. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta agree on that. T- tough schedule and, and uh, the low point total this week might be a sign of things to come. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of potential contenders with low point totals, we have the Squirrel Squad taking on Graham, uh, and it is the the Squirts coming out on top, one ninety six point eight to one seventy one point eight for Graham. So uh, once again, neither of these teams cracking that two hundred point threshold, uh, but uh, an important uh, victory for the Squirrel Squad as they are now two and one. Graham drops to one and two. Uh, what what are our thoughts on the the Squirrel Squad at this juncture? Are they a, are they a contender? Uh... They barely squeezed one in uh, for that week, and they're, they're definitely going for it based on the level of activity they're obviously presenting. And I don't know how to, I don't know how you guys feel if how legit or how much you believe in them. Their trade last year, uh, week saved them. Bryce Harper putting up forty six points, more oh, than yeah. the margin of error here. So the big trade curse has been reversed. It seems. Uh, Graham actually put up seven starts. It's good to see that he was putting in a bit of sweat. One seventy-one points isn't that much, but it's not. It's not sad. It shows. Yeah, I mean, this is definitely a, an improved week for Graham, and 
the the talent on his team is is holding him back somewhat at this point but i mean if you're the squirtle squad you really cannot be happy with this week you you narrowly escaped taking another loss uh possibly dropping down to one and two which would have been uh not the position you want to be in so uh, I think if you're them, you've got to hope for a, a very big week four and, and really trying to, to set a tone for the rest of your year. Agreed. Well, Staz, let's talk about your matchup. You were in a, a showdown here against RKR, the Bash Brothers, uh, and unfortunately you were on the, the losing end of this one. 176.4 for you to 203.1 for RKR. Uh, what are your thoughts on, on this matchup? Well, a non-zero part of the loss is because I was selling off any reliever I could that was doing okay. But man, my offense just sucks right now. Vlad, start being good. 11.7 is a good week from him, and that makes me so sad to say I have nothing further to contribute. Oh, it hurts. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's definitely a, a tough loss for you. Uh, I appreciate what you say about, you know, being before the deadline, moving around pieces, just trying to, to scratch a team together. That can be tough, but uh, it really does feel like this is a, a matchup that you could have had with a, a little bit more luck on your side. Yeah, one quality start in seven starts just hurts. Nothing quite came together. None of my good pitchers did uh, did two starts. Just not a, not a great week for me. But I have to say RKR did pretty good. 203 points is competitive. It's sort of similar to Chow, I'd say, in the B-plus teams region. Only five game starts hurts a little bit, but he didn't need those two to put away a weak team. Yeah, I was going to say five starts, but uh, he made the most of them, obviously, and and there's clearly an opportunity to add some starters uh, now after the the trade deadline, maybe punch up that rotation a little bit. But uh, Soto going off for 50-plus points, I mean, that's, that's pretty good if you're RKR. But yeah, he 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 went off like you're probably you're probably hating that he came back. Uh, what sooner, the hell basically. is is this guy? Six point two points per game as a batter. What the heck? What the heck? And I remember, I do. If I can recall, RKR got he got Soto from Jeremiah for a pretty like cheap deal, I believe. Like it it was just like kind of lopsided. Now that we look at it now, but that's a good piece for him to kind of build around. Man, there was a time before when uh, RKR offered to trade Vlad for Soto straight up, and I'm looking mm-hmm. so stupid for not taking <laughs> that. In two years, maybe I will feel less bad, or I will feel extra bad. Come on, but you can't. Time, <laughs> I, I won't. I'm not giving up on Vlad. You can't give right? up on him now. You called him up the you, the day he got called up in the majors. So. Damn straight. No, I'm I'm taking Vlad to my grave. Hopefully later rather than sooner. Yeah, the the. The arc of the universe is long, but it bends towards justice. So fingers crossed for you, Sads. <laughs> uh, speaking it. of our friend Jeremiah, though, he was in uh, a matchup himself last week, uh, facing off against Aiden. Uh, and it's Aiden who's coming out on top here, 201 even to 167.4 for Jeremiah. So that uh, moves Aiden to 2-1, and one, drops Jeremiah to 1-2. and two. Again, don't know how many people saw that coming at the start of the season. Uh, guys, what are your thoughts about this one? Uh, I think I believe I called it. I like uh, Aiden being a sneaky sleeper for the week and pulled it off. Jeremiah, alongside like with elite teams we considered like Ryan, they're just struggling, and I guess it explains why they kind of sold off on some some of their pieces. I guess, but I don't know. Like 
Are they, is Jeremiah a playoff team? I don't think he is, but I don't think he wants to be. He's embracing the rebuild for real this time, and he actually managed to embrace it for the entire duration of the season up until the trade deadline. Now, that was only three weeks, but still, yeah. that's remarkable yeah, consistency. Uh, you know, another Jeremiah rebuild, you can never anticipate when those are going to strike. Uh, Jeremiah and Ryan going a collective one and five through three weeks is, again, just, just absolutely baffling uh, and something you would not have said even a, a month or so ago. But uh, at, at this juncture, it definitely does seem like Jeremiah is trying to build for next season, maybe, maybe a Europa contender, but uh, it really remains to be seen what the, the future of his team is for this year. Just an interesting slash pathetic stat. Jeremiah had 56.5 points from his pitchers with eight games Ooh. started. Does he just not have any relief pitchers or anyone that can throw a goddamn baseball? Like, yeah. I mean, I mean oh, good starts are hard to bad. come by this year, but that does seem uh, especially unfortunate. Uh, well, I, I think it's only fair that we talk about my matchup next. Uh, I was facing off against Garth McInnes, uh, and, and I definitely got called out a little bit for seemingly taking my foot off the gas in the podcast last week, but... Uh, I got what I deserve because it's uh, Garth M pulling off the win, 263.9 to 195.1 for me. Uh, so both of us now 2-1 and one in a uh, effectively a three-way 2-1 and one tie atop the evil division of evil. Uh, I will say from my perspective, obviously this was a, a tough week to be me. Uh, got uh, just terrible luck. All my pitchers are hurt. Uh, really hard to get good help these days in terms of starters, but uh, I definitely think this performance is... is close to, if not at, Garth M. Ceiling. I mean, he just had so many uh, hitters have great weeks and uh, was really able just to, to steamroll in that sense because he did not need to worry too much beyond uh, having those, those guys go. So, uh, you know, kudos to him, but uh, it's, uh, it's on to the next one for me. Yeah, I did, ex- I did expect you to come up with a win here, kind of riding the momentum, but you put a, put, put a hold to it for this week for sure. Yeah, and I mean, from my point of view, like, uh, the, the Garth M playoff team or not, like, if he was putting up 260 points every week, then he'd definitely be a, a lot closer to a playoff team. But this, uh, at least in my mind, really seems like a one-off performance for him. This is peak Garth McInnes. Start to get hope and then fall just sort of the playoffs and shit the bed in Europa really hard. Like, we're right at the peak right yeah, now. Yeah, and I mean, it, it's definitely fate that he's going to go 1-2 and two the rest of the way, finish 500 again, right? All but guaranteed. <laughs> Absolutely. You'll lose to Ash, you'll lose to Ben, and he'll beat Jeremiah. Like, so it has been There written, you go. So it Shot be has been called. Uh, well, that brings us to our final matchup of Week 3, I believe. And it's a matchup we had a lot to say about on our last podcast, and, and it was definitely an interesting result uh, and a close one coming through. Uh, but in the end, it was Flex defeating Chris by a score of 241.9 to 237.6. Less, little, little less than a five-point gap there, but uh, Flex, after the big sell-off, does in fact secure the victory. Uh, guys, how are you, you feeling about that one? Kind of surprising. I don't think he even want, probably expected to win. As Chris Kennedy's also fighting for a division title here, so interesting finish. Five point, you know, couldn't get more dramatic than that. This might be the Chris Voodoo magic broken. Like he almost <laughs> pulled off a jank win, but instead he pulled off a jank loss at the hands of Anthony Rendon, Yandy Diaz, Clint Frazier, 
just whoever Flex could find, it seems. Yeah, 40 points, geez, from Rendon, who is ice cold to start the year, so. And now he's on someone else's team. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and it, it definitely seems like uh, Flex is in a rebuild mode as well. So uh, another titan of the league taking a, a, a backseat. But, uh, I mean, from Chris Kennedy's perspective, this loss definitely hurts. Uh, in in the Jeffrey Jungle, uh, wins are are definitely going to be important this season. So if he could have gone to three and zero, that would have been important. So, uh, like you guys said, I'm not sure if this is the outcome either team especially wanted, but uh, for Flex, at least it has to feel a, a little bit good to get his first one of the year. I think he wants to make Europa so all those picks become more valuable. Yeah, that's true. Right? Um, I also like it because yeah, the jungle becoming more chaotic just feels it, right. Yeah, uh, and it <laughs> it happens like clockwork every year. Uh, I don't know. There's something about the the Jeffrey Jungle that always lives up to its name. That's right. Walking the jungle. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, I think that's gonna do it for for week three. Uh, guys, any closing thoughts on the week? Uh, the season's so jank. And over I'm over at three. The we went over three. The panel, the whole panel here went over three, yeah. so it wasn't great. <laughs> Damn straight. And you scored highest by Definitely far. a bad week to be a so, host. Yeah. Uh, but but definitely a good week to make some trades. Uh, the the trade deadline obviously happening last Sunday, and then the the week leading up there was a, a flurry of activity, a lot of deals being made. Uh, so I think Cam is working on a, a larger recap of every single deal. But I figured on this podcast we could at least talk about a, a couple of the bigger ones that went down in the the week leading up to the deadline. Uh, and Jamil, let's start with one of yours. Your deal here last Tuesday with Tillo. Uh, where you flipped him Eddie Rosario and Evan Marshall, uh, as well as your low minors round five pick uh, in ex- exchange for Benintendi, uh, Jorias Familia, Blaine Enloe, and his round three low minors pick. Uh, Jamil, what was your, your mindset on this one? Uh, it's tough to move Rosario, as he's one of my few like consistent and kind of well-known major guys. And I don't know, I took a gamble on Benintendi. He's still pretty young. He's ice cold to start the year, but... Playing in Fenway, I for I can see him bounce. He's a great bounce back candidate for next year. Tough lefty bat, and you know, still around twenty. I believe 26, 25, 26 years old, and yeah, I, I like that deal for myself. And the pickup grade never hurts either. Exactly. Yeah. Um. Yeah, seems like a good deal. Tilla wants to compete, and he can't afford to have chicken tendies being cold on his plate this year, so he That's grabs right. Eddie Rosario. That's right. That's. It's a great quote. Uh, yeah, no, I, th- I think Stad summed it up li- nicely. I mean, as uh, as someone who's who's watched Rosario play from a fantasy perspective a lot, I mean, he's great. He's a, he's a very consistent hitter, so uh, obviously Tillo's going to benefit a lot in that sense. But uh, it does seem like, Jamil, you did a, a good job squeezing some assets out of this one. Yeah, for sure. Uh, if I, it, What's funny is that the day after the trade, Benintendi goes to the... Uh, IL, so I probably could have got more assets if he was injured, but hey, what can you do? <laughs> That's life. Still got value. Uh, and, and Jamil, I'm going to keep you on the hot seat here because there were uh, a bunch of more minor deals, and then we have you starting off our, our Friday uh, with a bang, uh, picking up Corey Seager off of Graham, uh, along with Graham's 17th and his low minors round three, in exchange for Victor Reyes, Cody Hosey, uh, Jesus Sanchez, Tony Gonzalez, your 22nd and your low minors round one pick. Uh, 
I mean, I'll I'll let you speak to it, Jamil. How are you feeling about that one? This one, I scratched and clawed for this one, boys. This was a great get for me. Just kind of like how I explained to you last week, how you messaged me by accident, thinking I was Jeremiah. So I kind of took that as a piggyback. I was like, hey, yo, is Seager available? <laughs> after, that little, <laughs> after that little blunder. And since that little accident, we've been talking. And I heard, I believe it was Kaminsky who was trying to also get Seager. And I guess he just liked my addition of uh, Tony Gonzalez with my LM1. And that sold it for him. So I'm happy to get a young Seager. I have no shortstop prospects at all. So I like getting him at the shortstop position. Yeah. Shortstop of the future right there. Yeah. Uh, uh, from my conversations with Graham as well, it, it definitely seems like there were a, a bunch of guys interested in Seager. Uh, I, I don't know if this is necessarily you hosing Graham, but uh, you certainly did seem to get a deal on this one. Uh, it's, it's obviously great for you to pick up Seager. Uh, Graham doesn't go home empty-handed, though. He gets a, a couple of prospects. The round one low minor pick, always a, a helpful asset. So it'll be interesting to see uh, where Graham goes from here. But trading the, the best player on his roster by far is uh, uh, a certainly an, an interesting move from his perspective. Rebuilding, Sard. How did you manage to come to a trade where he gets the... Sorry, where you get a better uh major league pick and he gets a better low minor pick like just how <laughs> i mean i knew that question was coming uh i don't know i was very reluctant on giving him my lm1 obviously as a rebuilding team i don't want to be trading those types of picks but i don't know i just i try, I, I just asked i said like, would you throw in a, a a good major league pick and there it was he was willing to budge so I wasn't going to fight it. <laughs> All righty. There you go. Uh, so we've got a, a couple more minor deals that went down on Saturday. And then Sunday, trade deadline day, uh, we start off with a, a bit of a bang in the afternoon where Flex picks up Carlos Correa, uh, AJ Puck, Franklin Perez, and Chow's uh, second and Ash's second low minor picks. Uh, from Jeremiah, Jeremiah in exchange for Anthony Rendon, Lance McCullers Jr., uh, and nothing else. So it's uh, Correa to Flex, and then Rendon and McCullers to Jeremiah. Uh, guys, what's your take on this one? I don't uh, get it. Does Jeremiah really need uh, the third baseman or something? Yeah, kind of curious to see why he kind of gave like you know some of the farm and an AJ Puck and like and uh, Correa's you know you, you know the jokes are on him, but. I don't know. It's kind of, it's it's a good it's a good get for, you know, a rebuilding flex. So yeah, I was I was really hoping we'd get Jeremiah on this one, uh, just to talk about this trade specifically. Really, uh, alas, it was not meant to be. But uh, this is you know a, a trade between two ostensibly rebuilding teams. Uh, I can kind of see it from Jeremiah's perspective in the sense that he flips one high-profile asset for two pretty good assets. Uh, and in Rendon's case, arguably a, a really good asset, but uh, he doesn't get younger. He gives up a, a couple of good prospects in the process. He gives up some low minus picks. So it's it's just sort of hard to see the, the value coming on Jeremiah's end. I think it's because he gets the best player in the deal. Like Rendon is quite a monster. And I guess you're betting that Kray is washed from cheating. So. <laughs> 
I mean, as soon as I got Seager, he did. He he messaged me right away and said, "Do you want if I wanted Korea for Seager?" And I'm like, uh, "You can take the cheater, man. I don't want him." Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I like obviously fantasy baseball aging has has skewed my perspective. Rendon did turn thirty this year, so he's he's not quite as young as he used to be, but uh, you definitely think he's got a, at least a number of good years left in the tank still. I gotta figure he's he's just a really good player. He was. He he would have been an MVP if he wasn't in a era where Arenado was also around, yeah, and uh, Bryant was also around in the same NL. Although I was worried that as soon as he got paid, he would kind of take off his foot off the gas pedal. But last week he put up a monster number, so maybe he's coming coming back to form. Yeah, here. one and besides, no Jeremiah Rendon won't be there for more than a half season, anyways. <laughs> I could definitely know some teams that would want him. Uh, definitely. Uh, just a, a couple of more uh, trades to, to go through before we talk about week four. Uh, I just really wanted to be selfish and, and shout out my deal with RKR, where I picked up Joey Votto from him and a very minor pickup trade uh, in exchange for Sully Matias. Uh, Matias is a, a prospect I believe in and had just finished reacquiring from the Squirtle Squad, so uh, it's definitely a, a bittersweet to part with him, but. Uh, I figure giving up one fairly unproven prospect in exchange for uh, you know a, a year or two of Joey Votto it definitely seemed worth it from my perspective. Uh, this one's a good old win-win here. You needed a veteran bat, and he he could had you know dispose Votto, and so picked up a prospect. Yeah, so. well, and I don't know about you guys, but my whole life is one constant worrying about positional eligibility for next season. Uh, and it, it definitely seemed like I was going to need someone else who could uh, step in at first base. And uh, Joey Votto, I don't think, is ever going to lose first base eligibility. So half, happy with that aspect. <laughs> yeah, I would actually like this a little bit better for RKR because he frees up a keeper spot for it. Like if, if you end up doing a deep playoff run because of it, obviously it worked out for you. But just on fundamentals, I think RKR has to be pretty yeah, satisfied. Completely, completely fair. Uh, but Stads, let's talk about uh, your deal with Ben. Ben made two very similar trades back-to-back, uh, and I think we can talk about both of them. Uh, but uh, in your deal, Stads, you picked up his 16th and 18th Major League picks in exchange for Tanner Rainey, uh, his, uh, your, your 22nd and your 21st. Uh, so you get, obviously, a, a couple of pick upgrades. He gets Tanner Rainey. Uh, your thoughts on that one? Uh, my thoughts? Just excellent for me. Rainey was lights out. A uh, great reliever on a bad team, and now I get my third 16th pick, and my worst pick is in round 20. So next year I should Ooh. be able to reload with a pretty sharp bullpen, and Ben gets uh, someone that's going to put up six points in every relief appearance and be awesome. So yeah, win-win. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I definitely think this is a, a big win for you. Uh, personally, I think it's something of an overpay for Ben. I mean, even if he is a, a keeper for Ben, that just it seems like two pretty good picks uh to to give up in this deal uh when maybe there was other help available uh for him so uh, i'm i'm not saying it's wrong by any means but i think uh Stas, you can definitely be proud of your your haul on that one i don't i want to defend ben a little bit the fact that i was sending back a 21 and 22 blunts it a little bit it's not like i was sending him 225s like total shit picks 21 and 22 <laughs> still actually have some value like you can find people that aren't complete trash by then 
that was better that's... than like Squirtle or Flex or that's... Jeremiah's picks. Yeah, that's year. fair. That's fair. Uh, but I do like the Hall of Picks because I'm in the same boat. Like I think my worst is also the twentieth. Did a lot of major pick up- upgrading as well. So I guess you and me, you're my competition for trying to get all these uh, early early major picks. <laughs> I mean, if you want to work something out where we can divvy up the guys, I'm not opposed. Yeah, well, and I've, I've said it on the podcast before, so I, I don't think I'm releasing too many trade secrets, but uh, I did a, an internal analysis a couple years ago, and, and the 20th round really is where the value drops off, so being able to get the bulk of your picks, if not all your picks done by then, is a, a very good sign for, for both your teams. Looks like we're amazing, Jamil. Uh, but then, then the last deal we can talk about is uh, it's sort of a minor deal, but it just pairs nicely with the, the stats deal, considering it happened four minutes apart. Uh, we've got Jeremiah and Ben, uh, and Ben picks up Sandy Alcantara from uh, Jeremiah in exchange for Ryan Weathers and Ben's low minor round two pick. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if you have thoughts about this one. I just think it's a, uh, an interesting pick in the sense that I feel like it's a, a better deal from Ben than the previous one was. Uh, I think yeah. that's pretty fair. Although Rainey was hot, Sandy Alcantara was injured. So recency bias. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's kind of like a, you know, he just needed some a couple of arms for backup and Jeremiah was willing to give it to him, so Ben's going for it, I guess. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean he's two and one. And he can go four two or five one. Love to see it. Yeah, and and it'll be exciting to watch. Uh, if anything, it'll make a, a more exciting playoff race down the stretch. For sure. Although, must be making you sweat and happy you picked up Votto. Uh, you know, if Votto's the difference maker, then I'll I'll be very happy indeed. Uh, but let's sure. let's you know jump right into week four. It's a a big week. We're post deadline now, so trading and all those other distractions go away a little bit. Uh, and speaking of Ben, he's in what we have to consider to be the the matchup of the week, taking on the Squirtle Squad. Uh, both teams that are are two and one right now. So someone's going to be three and one. Someone's going to be two and two, and and have a much harder road from the the playoffs beyond that. <laughs> Uh, so, I mean, it's a, an important matchup for both these teams. Right now, uh, we're, we're recording this uh, pretty early on Monday night, but uh, at present, Ben is sitting at negative two points, and the Squirtle squad is sitting at positive 1.9 points. So, uh, not a lot to go on so far, but guys, who do you got in this matchup? Uh, Squirtle squad just picked up three people, and it's only Monday, so I have to feel like this is a week where they just put up 11 starts and do something disgusting, right? Yeah, I mean, knowing the, the Squirtle squad, uh, they're definitely working on a, a couple different layers right now. Yeah, but you know what? I'm going to go... I don't know if, if you would even consider this an upset because Ben is 2-1, but I'm going to go Ben. Make things interesting here. Kind of create a little more chaos for the Squirtle squad. Squirtle squad going 2-2 two and two would definitely make them have to work for it. Yeah, and I mean, we talked about this in our, our recap of Week 3. The Squirtle squad need a, a good point total here. They they need to show that they're actually serious and competitive if they want to be treated serious and competitive. So uh, this is, is as close to a, a must-win game as you can get at this point in the season for them. But all that said, I, th- I think I'm also going to pick Ben in this one just because he has a, a very talented team already. He added some talent at the deadline, so uh, it does seem like favorable conditions for him this week. Uh, moving on, though, to uh, another matchup that has pretty big playoff in- implications. We have Garth M taking on Ash. 
Uh, Garth M, of course, now 2-1. Ash, still 3-0. Uh, early on, though, it's Garth M who has the lead, 12.8 points to negative 2.3 for Ash. Uh, is this the week that, that Ash's undefeated season comes to a screeching halt? I think it's I think it's the Garth McInnes arc to win this one, make everyone think he's, oh, he's actually got it. He beat Ash. Oh, oh. And then shit the bed hard. So, yeah, Garth McInnes, yeah. I just cannot see Ash losing right now. I think, like we you mentioned earlier, if he's likely to go 6-0, and and I like his chances, man. And Garth just lost a red-hot Bobochet, so that's got to hurt. So I'm oh, going to go Ash. Yeah, he's out for a month, so. Yikes. Uh, yeah, I think I'm also going to go Ash with this one. I mean, like I said, last week was just very good for Garth M. Great week all around, and it's hard to sustain that level of performance from all your guys for 14, ga- 14 days in a row. So assuming at least a little bit of a drop-off on his end, it should uh, maybe free up Ash and, and allow him to get the W in this one. Uh, but uh, another great matchup. Uh, Stad Zirin won this week, uh, facing off against Flex. Uh, it's a, a little bit of an interesting one in the sense that you guys are both 1-2, and two, so uh, a chance to get back to 500 for either of you. Uh, right now, Flex is on 1.3 points, and you are on 0.5 points, so really not much again to write home about so far, but how are you feeling about your chances in this one? Victor Robles actually put up negative 5 point. I don't know. Maybe ESPN is bugging, but I would not hold my chances too high. My offense is shit, my pitchers are injured, and I just sold off all my good relievers. If I break 180 points, I'll be pretty surprised. Uh, you know. You know what? You picked me last week, and I let you down. But you know what? You won't let me down this week. I'm picking the Stadamon Stars with old reliable Cole Calhoun picking up your slack. I mean, I'd love if he did. <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Flex is coming off of a, a an emotional win last week after a, a big trade. It's hard to see how much his heart is in this season, so... Uh, I think for that reason, I'd also pick Stads, just because it seems like if there's someone who's going to to have that little extra oomph to get over the hump, put in a little more work, put in a little more research before doing some player ads, uh, it's going to be you. So uh, I think I'd pick you to get the victory in this one as well. Well, that's very kind. I hope Rich Hill comes back and does something useful. Uh, speaking of uh, matchups between teams that are pretty useful, we have Kaminsky, uh, who is coming off that, that just huge performance last week, big point total. Uh, Chow, who has sort of snuck his way uh, into being 2-1, and one, but, you know, they're even records now, both 2-1. and one. Uh, And appropriately, Chow is in the lead now with 2.1 points compared to 0.3 for the Illuminati. Guys, who are you taking in this one? Oh, this uh, is hard. If you got, you know, Betts, who's red hot. Also, Trout put up a good number last week. I'm gonna go. I want to go with the Neil brother. I want to go Illuminati, and we'll show maybe that Chow is a pretender, and you know, not not one of those best B plus teams uh, uh, compared to the others. So I'm gonna go Illuminati. Uh, I think I'm gonna have to go Garth just because he bought Jose Alvarado for me, and I gotta respect someone who buys the good goods. So yeah, picking my division guy here. And uh, gonna yeah. go for Mike. Wait, he's not facing. Garth. I got he's... confused. I got <laughs> confused, but I'm still picking Mike. <laughs> uh, it's all good. Uh, I think I'm gonna complete the hat trick on this one and and also take Mike. Uh, Chow really has, you know, just found ways to win every week. But 
Uh, it seems like this is the kind of team oh. his luck would run out with. Uh, and even if Kaminsky has a, a little bit of variability, it still feels like he's going to be able to put up a, a higher floor than, than Chow can necessarily reach, so I'm going to take him. I have an actual reason for, I think, for my mic pick. I was walking around and I saw a biosteel truck go by. And <laughs> yeah, that's, that's got to be a sign, right, right? there. Yeah. Oh, man, oh, man. I'm, I'm missing out on this biosteel uh, inside jokes. Uh, and that's why you got to come to Cottage Weekend. Uh, moving right along, uh, another uh, matchup is Newton taking on uh, Jeffrey Lim. Uh, Newton 2-1, Lim 0-3. Oh uh, Newton out early with 20.6 points to 6.6 for Lim. Uh, guys, is this the week that, that Lim gets his first win of the season? Hell no. Sorry, man. No. <laughs> I just can't. I can't bind to it. Like he, he had, you know, as a rebuilding team, like, like you know, I made some moves, and he just did not like make any big ones to kind of show us that he's kind of serious. So I'm gonna go Gartnoon. Did he make a move? I swear he, yeah, he did something. He, made, he sold he, Derek he made, Holland to Cam, like, and the Squirtle Squad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a, sort of a more than nothing, less than something move from his point of view. Uh, it, it does feel like Lim is going to get a win at some point this season through, uh, through just sheer dumb luck, law of averages. Uh, I don't know if it's this one. I don't know, frankly, if I'd pick him to win any matchup, but it is going to happen. But I, I still can't bring myself to choose him, so I'm going to go Newton all the way in this one. Yeah, like, I'll, I'll go Newton for the Jose Alvarado thing. Wait, he just hit the injured list. Oh, man. Do I feel <laughs> bad for that? Should I, should I morally feel bad for selling someone and have them immediately hit the I.L.? I mean, nah, I don't know. Don't be. I'm, I'm sure it's it's happened the other way plenty of times too. Uh, That's true. Uh, and I guess the final in the trilogy of redacted versus Jeffrey Jungle matchups uh, sees RKR taking on Ujamil. Uh It's a, an interesting matchup here, but RKR is up early one uh, twelve point four points to zero point eight. Uh, he's obviously two and one. Jamil, you are zero and three. Uh, how do you feel about your chances in this one? Like I said earlier, I'm going to go 500. I'm going to overcome this 10-point deficit. I'm going to pull out a W. Voodoo magic is not happening this week. Uh, yeah. At the, at the risk of turning this yeah. into a, a love fest, Jamil, I do feel like you're due. You've had a, a couple of good weeks spoiled by bad luck. Uh, RKR has, has had some voodoo magic cooking, but it feels more appropriate for him to be 2-2 two and two than 3-1. and one, So uh, I think I'm going to take you in this matchup. But I gotta say that I was excited that Alex Reyes got the start today, like a surprise start, but he was only out there for one inning, so that was a bummer. <laughs> Opener, baby. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, RKR has had a big speed bump with Clevenger being a liar and team outcast and yeah. all that nasty <laughs> stuff. Uh, there's a solid chance Juan Soto puts up like 60 points again, but I feel it's more likely he has a Cold week and puts up thirty, and you stomp like RKR. So yeah, I'll I'll hat trick up again. Uh, there we go. It's a, a lot of uniformity on this one, but that's good too. It means we're we're all right collectively. Uh, jumping back up, we have uh, another team looking for their first win of the season. Of course, I'm talking about Ryan in this one, uh, taking on Aiden, uh, and it is Ryan who has the the lead at this point: fifteen point seven to nine point four for Aiden. So, uh, could this be Ryan's week to, to pick up that first W? Oh, that's uh, a great question. I'm going to 
pick Aiden. I think he can keep it rolling. And if he can keep pace with the Squirtle squad, then that'll be a really interesting division race. And also Ryan, 0-6, I believe. Uh, as much I would love to see Ryan go 0-6, and, and I do, I do really like Aiden's team. Like I've said it multiple times, he's a great uh, team to play spoiler and be a sleeper, but I think this might be the week where he's, uh, Ryan sneaks one in. So I'm going to go Ryan, the defending champ, picking up his first w as much as we all hate to hear it uh i i think i'm gonna stick with aiden in this one i mean it does seem like brian is is poised for a first victory but uh he's coming off a, a trade deadline where he moves some assets probably figuring out his team a, a little bit still uh maybe there's a, a cause for an emotional back, bounce back win but i don't think any of his trades were that severe so uh it really does seem like aiden's team has been uh fairly solid this season so uh, i think i'm gonna stick with him on this one Uh, and and I think that brings us to to my matchup, uh, another matchup to talk about. Uh, I'm taking on Jeremiah in this one, uh, renewing our our old uh, rivalry. Uh, I'm up early, six point eight points to negative two point one for Jeremiah. Again, it's early. Uh, I'm I'm coming into this two and one. He is one and two, so we could both leave five hundred, or we could both head strongly in either direction. Uh, as as I'm sure you know, I'm going to bet on myself for this one. But what do you guys think? Uh... Bounce back win for the man here. I got, I had just got to uh, Jeremiah. He's figuring out what he's doing with his team. Like a lot of reshuffling around, and I think you just, uh, I think Chris Paddock was supposed to have two starts, but he's his start got moved, so that's good for you. So, um, gotta go with the man here. Bounce back win. I know Chris Paddock's start was removed, but Jeremiah's got two other starters coming up in the next half hour, which oh, seems does, okay. like a pretty good thing. So, do you have a do you have good starts this week planned? Uh, I mean, uh, I don't think it's that secret. It really all depends on Degrom's health and whether he starts tomorrow or Wednesday or Thursday. Uh, it, I mean, as long as I get one Degrom start, uh, I think I'm fine. If he hits the IL, I think I'm in a, a wee bit more danger. So uh, it'll all be the uh, determined on that. And you know, it's foolish to bet on the the health of horses and Mets, but. Uh, Fingers, fingers crossed that I can get my rotation at least somewhat in order again. Uh, I, th- I think I'm going to go Jeremiah just because of all the trades he was making. It was so wonky that I have to imagine it's going to miraculously work for a week. <laughs> and then it's going to go up in flames like the trash can uh, of his name. So yeah, I, I pick a jank win, which is going to be a, the last one of his season. Just to uh, make you sweat a little bit, Nick. We wouldn't want you coasting into the playoffs. Too yeah, and I mean, now, you know we? what? I, I've <laughs> given it to Jeremiah pretty good our last couple of matchups, so I, I'm okay to lose one for a change. Uh, but that brings us to our penultimate matchup, uh, and uh, it's a very exciting one because it is the new owner showdown between Cam Christie and Graham. Uh, Graham, of course, is the the one with the win. He's one and two. Cam Christie. Uh, 0 and 3 to date, and it's Graham who's up early with 11 points to 0.2 uh, for Christie. Uh, guys, who's going to be our favorite new owner after this one? It's got to uh, be Graham, right? He actually puts up starts. <laughs> like if, if if Graham had put up like three starts again, I would have played some snarky over under six starts for the matchup game. But Graham is actually doing stuff, and that would not 
be as entertaining anymore. Did either of them make meaningful trades? I guess Graham did the Corey Seager sell. Cam did not. I, I did. I did uh, message Cam to see if he was willing to do anything. He flat out uh, just said, "Nope, gonna wait it out till next year." Learned that he's a huge Raptors fan, as well, like myself. So I like him a little bit more. Uh, I'll forgive him for owning the, the prisoner, but I gotta go. <laughs> I gotta go, Graham. Yeah, uh, yeah, if I'd had a modicum of foresight, I definitely would have scheduled some better known owner episodes that come out this week. Uh, I guess it's not too late. Maybe I can pull something together last minute. But uh, I will say, just uh, in terms of the balance of talent, it's got to be Graham in this one. Uh, I, I mean, it's it's fluky enough that either team could win, really. Uh, and they're both guys that have the potential to pull out a, a victory. But uh, it really does seem like this is Graham's to lose. We do need that better known owner podcast with Cam Christie like that. I got to anticipate and uh, listen on that right away. If that ever comes into works. Just, yeah. BKAO. We got to get a cooking Waiting for it. Uh, everyone's, everyone's home all the time. It really should be easier, not harder to book. Yes. I can't even talk shit. I've never even had an episode. So <laughs> same, uh, but people know us. It, it could still <laughs> exactly. be your year. You never know. Uh, so that brings us to our, our final matchup. It's another one that really could be uh, the matchup of the week because, in effect, it's the, the matchup to determine who's going to win the Jeffrey Jungle. It's the showdown between Tillo and Chris. Uh, Tillo comes in 3-0. and uh, Chris comes in 2-1. and So if Chris wins, then it's obviously a 3-1 and tie. Uh, obviously, if Tillo wins, then he's 4-0 and and, and looking pretty uh, atop of that division. Uh, so it's a, a real close matchup. I honestly think this one could absolutely go either way. It's a it's a coin flip, but which way is the coin flipping for you guys? I have to. Well, what do starts look like this week? Does anyone have a good... Kyle Hendricks, two starts for Chris. I don't know if Tillo has anyone relevant. Yeah, doing... Tillo used Nola has twice on me last week, so that's going to hurt. But I, I don't know, man. I, Tillo is looking poised for a deep run this year. Uh, so I'm going to go with the Neil brothers again. And he made some moves to improve his team. So as Chris did not, I believe. So I got to go with a wave of momentum on the side of Tillo here. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to bet against Chris pulling off a jank win here and making the Jeffrey <laughs> jungle a nice fight. So yeah, I'll, I'll go. I'll go Chris. Richard going 6-0 and would be too predictable, wouldn't it? Uh, I, I feel bad because, Stez, I feel like you stole my entire motivation on this one. But I think, likewise, have, having it be even more of a jungle is, is where it's at. Uh, it, Chris's ability to find wins where they seemingly wouldn't uh, have occurred otherwise, I think is going to help him a lot here. Uh, it, it does seem, you know, either of these guys are, are going to be uh, playoff teams, probably probably both of them, but... Uh, you know, winning the division obviously is the the route you want to take. So to keep that race open a, a little bit longer, I think is is definitely something to watch. Man, it is annoying to see though that Tim Anderson's just raking. And I remember drafting this guy 16th like years ago, and he was like batting 100th when I owned him, and now he's look at him. <laughs> I picked him up for like three weeks and. May, I think two years ago or something. Same deal as you. And it just you just keep kicking yourself. But that <laughs> happens with like 
40 players by now that that's, I've owned dropped because they were shit and then became good. What can Such is life indeed. Uh, but guys, I think that's going to do it for this episode of the weekly show. Obviously, this is sort of a, a hinge point of the season where we move into the back half of the season. Trade deadline done. Uh, next week, we might be talking about playoff scenarios already. But I mean, what are, what are your thoughts at this point in the year? Are, are you enjoying the season so far? Uh, I mean, it's better than nothing, right? It's a lot of uh, like weird situations with players missing games and teams outbreaks and all that. But for the most part, it's, fantasy baseball can never not be fun, right? So, word. Yeah, I'm enjoying all the drama in real life baseball as well. Seems to be going with the fantasy quite nicely. Yeah, and I mean, you know, like the best of times, like the worst of times, fantasy baseball, always a great way to keep away the existential dread. So, uh, very happy to have it and uh, enjoying the season to date too, yeah. Uh, but I, I think that's going to do it for this episode of The Weekly Show. Uh, Stads, Jamil, I want to say thanks again for being here. You guys are, are great co-hosts as always. Uh, and to everyone out there listening, all I got to say is good night and good fantasy.